Hey guys, you know what time it is. It's the Buy Back Business of the Week. But since this is anniversary episode, I do what I want. Because this Buy Back Business of the Week is also your self-care tip. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Okay. So, um, the business this week is called The Betterness Box. Um, it's run by two black women. It's black owned. And basically, it's a self-care t- uh, kit for you. Like, how perfect is that? Like, who doesn't want to have a personalized um, self-care t- um, kit, right? So, in the betterness, betterness Box, that's what it's called. Um, you have four to five products. Um, there's a wellness self-care book, uh, better vibes playlist, uh, five affirmation cards, access to the betterness enthusiast, enthusiast community via mobile app and betterness book club and betterness book Zen with additional resources and content guys. You know, my good friend uh, Stacy Brown was on here uh, a couple of weeks ago and I saw her doing it, uh, opening it and unboxing and, and, and really enjoying it. And I think I got to get on the bandwagon. Um, it's a subscription based product. Um, guys, I'm looking at the website right now. Looks amazing. I need to um, I need to get on it. Supporting black businesses while also mm, this is the part right here. Promoting self-care. So, yeah, know I had to put it on. You can go to their website at www.betternessbox.com. Go check it out on Instagram. It's Betterness Box. Go see them. All right. Can we start this wonderful show? <laughs> Mind your business. Mind your business. Mind your business. Your hello, my beautiful people. Hello, 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 my beautiful people. How are you? Happy? Hello, hello, my beautiful people. And how are you doing? What? Hello, hello, my beautiful people. My beautiful. Hello, 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 my beautiful people. It is Friday. Hello, hello, my beautiful people. How are you doing? My beautiful people. Ah, hello, hello, my beautiful people. You know, I had to get the one in real life. I was playing back all those intros and it's like, dang, I was so sultry. Let me get it up. And then my brother added, thank you, thank you, bro, bro. Um, But what's up? Happy Friday, y'all. I'm so excited. I don't know if you can tell my voice. (laughs) <laughs> but we are officially one years old. This has been our anniversary week. And then this week, I've been kind of giving like a little insight of <clears throat> where our podcast started, um, how it got started, um, things that led up to it, um, just a little behind the scenes, scene things. And guys, oh my God, like, ah, uh, overwhelmed with emotions and everything. I had so many plans for this first uh for this first year anniversary, but you know, COVID right, ruins everything. But um <clears throat> the blessing is that um still able to do something, still able to give you guys a good episode. I'm so excited about this episode. This episode is gonna be a little bit different. We have a lot of little things going on that I'm so excited about. Um, but our our guests are amazing and it warms my heart. So we just gonna shut my mouth and get it started. But if you haven't realized what you're listening to so far, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast, where your mind should always be <laughs> your business. Everybody, we are back. And I'm super, super, super excited about this episode because this is the first time that I have had an all-male guest show. Um, I'm real geeked up. Some of y'all who know I have all brothers, so this just, like, warms my heart. Um, But it's really great to have some brothers coming on here and, like, talking about mental health from their perspective because, honestly, it's not said enough. And, you know, I, I want more men to understand that it's okay to not be okay as well. And, yo, dude, it's all right if you, you know, you feel a little strange too. Like, it's not just a woman's thing. It's not just a white person's thing. It's, it's everybody's thing. We're all going through it. So, I don't know about y'all, but this has made my heart. I'm excited. 
I'm going to allow each of the gentlemen to introduce themselves and what their background is and everything like that. And then we're going to get into the episode. Okay, so let's welcome our men. Uh, men, if you want to just introduce yourself, don't all fight to go at once now, but you know, go ahead. I'll go first. My name is Aaron Snyder. Uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist out of Ohio, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I wrote the book, Black Mental Health Matters, The Ultimate Guide to Mental Health Awareness in the Black Community. And um, I also author uh, several pages social on social media, uh, they're all called The Mental Health Matters. That's T-H-E Mental Health Matters. I got one on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can find me very easily. I also have uh, blogs, several blogs. I have a, a blog called TheMentalHealthMatters.com. And I also have a page on Medium. If you just type my name, Aaron Snyder, you'll be able to find me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Now I'll follow up. Um, great intros, Aaron. This is Osa Deba Omikero. I am one of the co-founders of Dead to Silence. I am from Houston, Texas, by way of Nigeria, and I um, am also working for Nestle as a Nestle pediatric nutrition representative. So uh, we are part of Dead to Silence, and I'll let anthony intro himself and then we could probably talk about how it all started mm-hmm. how you doing my name is uh, anthony duncan i am also the uh, co-founder of dead to silence i am from houston texas currently live in new york city uh preferably brooklyn uh, i also i'm a grad student at nyu studying nutrition dietetics okay, so i'm studying to be <laughs> Studying to be a registered dietitian. Um, and so pretty much how Dead to Silence got started, it was inspired by behind uh, me speaking out about my sister. My younger sister, she committed suicide uh, eight years ago. And it was something that was extremely difficult for me to deal with. So I was quiet about it. And I looked at my, my silence as something that was uh, golden. You know, it's, it, it was deemed as strong. Um, and so it wasn't until like two years ago when I decided to just, you know, to face a lot of things that I was dealing with. And so that was one of the things that I, I had to speak out about. And I went to one of my friends, uh, One Night Plague, was, which is about like teen suicide and how he's able to overcome his depression, anxiety, and his suicidal thoughts. And just to the point where he's able to go to college. Um, and so I just spoke about my sister. And it was very like a freeing moment for me to do that. And so I continue to speak out more. And I continue to allow people to see me for who I am. I was able to see see myself as well and develop self-love. And so Osa Debai also knew my sister growing up. And so we, you know, constantly had conversations about it. And we both were very passionate about mental health and wanted to do some of this spread awareness. So that's where Dead to Silence came about. That's where it, it rose. Uh, it really is a, it's a platform a nonprofit that gears to create space for unspoken mental health issues. And we offer resources for healing and support. So we really just want to uh, create a safe space for people to be able to, you know, um, say how they want to feel as far as like now before, before COVID, you know, we had different events, uh, different conference, uh, not conferences, but we do plan on doing that in the future. Uh, fireside chats, uh, workshops for high school and, co- and high school and college students. Cause we feel like that's where, you know, those thoughts really do start. And, you know, there's not really a platform for those kids to let those things out. Um, you know, but now we do like virtual events, uh, co- talks and stuff of that nature, um, just to be able to continue to spread this message and, you know, to to end the stigma when it comes to mental health. Wow, that that's amazing. I will, I will let me first say like how great it is to have, and like I said, I'm gonna say this all the time, but how great it is to have all three of you on here and to hear the passion in your voice about mental health um, as far as wanting to be there for people who um, deal with it on a daily. I say all the time, and I'm very open about it, I have bipolar disorder too. Um, And a lot of the reasons why this podcast was started was because I was diagnosed and knew nothing about it. And um, nobody uh, taught me what that was or what it meant. It's always the stigma of, oh, you're just crazy. And, you know, you're quiet about it. And then you're the 
bone of jokes in your family and on your team and your friends like, oh, can't say nothing to her. She's just too sensitive type thing. And um, I got tired of hearing that and hearing jokes and hearing the narrative be so negative about something that um, is not an adjective for me. It's just a part of, of my life, you know, and, and it's not a huge part, but it's a part of my life. So this podcast was started and it was to educate people on mental health and awareness from the perspective of somebody who has to deal with it on an everyday basis, you know? So to hear you gentlemen just, you know, speak so passionate about it, you know, it makes my heart feel good. And I'm pretty sure anybody else who's dealing with it, it, it just makes us feel better that people are trying to help um, as far as allies and trying to help inform and trying to help um, create spaces for us. Because I'll let you know, if, I, if somebody would have, created these types of spaces or a, a, a book guide when I was uh, growing up, it would have made things a lot easier, like a lot, lot easier to deal with. So um, that is amazing. You, you all, all y'all get hand claps. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, that is uh that's spectacular. And to be, and to be men. And I harp on that. Cause I, I talk to my brothers, I have four of them and none of them talk about anything. I got to like literally pull it out of them. Um, especially when it comes to how they're feeling and things like that. So I want to ask you guys, like, uh, just a, a sub question, and either uh, any of y'all can answer, all you guys can answer. Wh why is it that when it does come to mental health in the Black community, especially, not only is it a stigma, but it's really a stigma, and it's really a hang-up for, for men? Hmm. Well, I, I would say my perspective on that issue is I think in our culture, we're taught that to be vulnerable is to be weak. So a lot of times men don't want to open up on those issues because, you know, somebody might be like, man, you a punk. Why, why, you, why, why are you crying, dude? Like, you, you know, like they belittle you when you open up on that level. But the truth of the matter is it's actually strength to be able to show what you are feeling because a lot of times we as men are judged on our ability to be strong in terms of holding things in, but that's really not where strength is. Strength is the ability to let it out and to be vulnerable. So I think that we as men, we are a lot more sensitive than we care to admit. We are a lot more insecure than we care to admit. And I think the true strength is the ability to show a wider range of emotions rather than anger or whatever other emotion that we typically show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree with that wholeheartedly i i feel like um if we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable and to to share our truth you know it comes out in you know other ways mm -hmm. you know i say negative ways it comes out in more drinking it comes out if you're in a relationship you know you're treating your your relationship you're treating your partner you know negatively and you don't understand where it's coming from because you're not able to really see yourself and express how you feel because you're trying to live up to his persona as being a man you, you know men aren't are supposed to express emotions men are supposed to cry men are supposed to do anything they're just supposed to be the, the one that is supposed to be strong and so if you don't deal with those things they get transited into another form and it comes out mm. one way or the other mm. yeah yeah you know i can't really speak on it as a man because i'm not one so i'm just like mm -hmm, yeah yeah I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of times, you know, people just are afraid. I mean, like men in general, not even just black men, but I think mm -hmm. amongst black men is even more prevalent because in our culture, you got to be extra tough. You got to be hard. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't know if that started like with, with like just like oppression or, or whatever. Like, I don't know where that mentality started, but I feel like hyper masculinity in a lot of cases is what pushes people further away from getting the treatment or at least just speaking out on certain things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 like I said, I have all brothers and I don't know as, you know, as a woman, but seeing it, uh, seeing how my brothers internalized and my boy cousins, like there's a lot of males in my life internalized things. And, and I just always like, yo, you need to talk to, no, I'm straight. I'm straight. And I'll be like, no, <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> I see you crying. You think I'm not paying attention. You go to the bathroom, talk about you doing a shower, you're crying. Like, mm -hmm. I see it. Like, I know what's going on. And it's like, 
it, it, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to like, you know, but you know, you yeah. know, masculinity is such is is a, uh, is a thing. And like Anthony was saying, he was he was a hundred percent spot on. A lot of times, people tend to uh, do they tend to release those emotions in, in insufficient ways. You know, they tend to start drinking more. They tend to be more aggressive. They tend to be more hostile towards people. You know, and and they 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 bottle it up to the point where they, they get into self destruct mode. So I think being vulnerable is a key factor in helping some of these men alleviate their mental health issues. Mm. Yep. Mm. I would 100% agree. I would even say that, like, even when you think about the words themselves, so when you think about insecure, mm. you that's the opposite of being secure. Mm-hmm. So when you think about being vulnerable, when you um, just because it's timely COVID-19 mean when you get COVID-19 what happens is your immune system becomes vulnerable to diseases and your your immune immune response in your body starts to fail so that means that you're not protected mm-hmm. so like when we think about men you know in society these days it's very focused on being one a protector two a provider and and three just overall opposite of vulnerable opposite of insecure Mm -hmm. so it doesn't give you the space as a man with the societal uh norms to then exhibit those things you can't show those emotions that don't show security Mm -hmm. or strength Mm -hmm. yeah Y'all hitting a nail on the head. Let me just exit out. Let y'all take over too. No, I love it. I, I was like, yes. yes. I love it. I, I, I get quiet. It's like, ooh. But um, no, I love it. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'm stuttering. I'm speechless now. I don't even know what to say. But um, wow. I, I know y'all gave me stuff to think about. So I can just imagine anybody listening to the same thing. And it's just like, you know, I, I really... And I'm, I'm going to get off this soapbox in a second, but I really, <laughs> really, really hope and I really pray like continuously. And I really wish that um, more men would understand that it's OK. Like, I know it's so many things and like the black man and men in general are just supposed to be these strong individuals that are supposed to be, you know, standing up and the providers and the protectors and all stuff like that. But it's like, oh, guys, come on. Come on. I, I just need y'all to like to be completely human. It's OK. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make you, like, less of a person. But, you know, that's just my hope and wish as a Black woman, so. <sighs> yeah. I, I also feel like, I also feel like it's representation. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're showing more positive uh, role models or more people that have, you know, platforms speaking out about how they feel or, you know, just saying, oh, I love you, bro, or just just being able just to be more open about how they feel, it, it, it would show the younger generation, like, oh, this is cool, mm-hmm. like, my you know, my, my idol, somebody that I look yes. up to, you know, is, is able to speak up. And he's actually really, he's, he's treating his woman nice or he's treating his friends kindly or his parents and stuff. It's all about, you know, representation in this day and age because, you know, kids definitely are the future and they look and they observe and they, they take that in and it's nurturing and they see like, oh, is this person doing this? Then, you know, I could I should be doing this as well, mm-hmm. so. Well, that's good because I was segueing right into the next question I had anyway you know, about representation. So thank you. <laughs> um, and, and the reason why I brought up, the, I was going to bring up the question about representation because um, as, as we all know, um, Chadwick Roseman just died, um, just passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reaction from his passing, the um, impact that it had on so many people, um, a lot of it was just as he, it was always said that he represented so much and gave hope, you know what I'm saying? And, and what is it that, I mean, I guess what can be said about, about that? Because there isn't a lot of representation, whether it's male, female, whatever like that, like we, we, we see them and we, we grasp hold to it, but on a, on a, I want to say on a lower level, the representation is very difficult to find, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so how do, mm-hmm. how do we as a community, go about bringing that type of change how do we try to even if we don't have that representation how do we try to maneuver through that if if we can 
Well, I could go ahead and jump on that. From uh, growing up in Houston, being African, I would say that uh, there's a couple of things that are just not normal, which is so seeing people who are expressing emotion, men expressing a full spectrum of emotion, because you will see emotion, but you won't see, mm-hmm. in, in most cases, the full spectrum of emotion which whereas you'll see sadness you'll see depression you'll see love you'll see empathy you'll see happiness joy true joy you you might not see all of those things you might see a couple of those things so um when you talk about representation in the community but i also grew up in most city texas so that's missouri city texas to to say it formally but um that's like um that's it's not necessarily hood but it's hood enough where you go through different things and you know that you can't necessarily show those spectrum of emotion right when you have things like i would say the people who were able to uh express those things to me somewhat partially were like my coaches in football and basketball whether they might be emotional about the game but at the same time that was my view into what is possible as far as being sad or being being empathetic uh, with a team and how to encourage people into positive things. But whereas we, I still had a pastor, I still had my father, I still had my brothers, but you wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily see it the same from them. Mm-hmm. And when, in regards to spectrum and then even just normalizing the conversation. Mm-hmm. When you have, a, uh, and I would say that's, it works two parts on both men and female, mm-hmm. because having a girlfriend showing emotion in a situation, you could get, and I don't know, can I cuss on here? I mean, go ahead, do your things. How about you? <laughs> all right, all right. So, so having a girlfriend and you get mad enough, you start tearing up, she could call you a bitch. Mm-hmm. In that moment, every moment that you feel that same emotion, you will then repress it to keep from that experience. So when you're not met with positive affirmation after you do something that is positive for you and the community, which is experiencing that emotion, it's very difficult to then do it. It's very Mm -hmm. difficult to then have the spectrum. It's very difficult to even understand what emotions are. I still battle with that today with me and my therapist. Shout out to Orrin Howard. Feel free to get you one. but um that's just my thoughts on that and i also want to give you props sister for one being vulnerable on this podcast letting us know what's good and then also affirming us as men which is uh opposite of the examples i just mentioned so appreciate that thank you thank you thank you thank you Oh no, thank you. I, 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 and you know what? I hear what I hear what you're saying, and and I'm like, yep, I understand. I understand completely. I hear from from the representation, like from a coach, because I realize a lot of males, a lot of times, if they go into a sport, they look for that from from their coach, or or they can see that, or get it from a pastor, or some type of male figure that's in their life. Where it kind of goes south, where I've seen, like I said, as a woman speak from the outside, is if, um. They can't find it, and then the nearest person, the nearest thing, whether it's good or bad, they gravitate to it, and it's like, oh, this is where I want to be. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or this is where I want to go, whatever, like that. Now, when you said about the whole relationship thing, now I tell you, man, all right? So a little bit of tact, a little bit, and let's let you know. <laughs> <laughs> and not in the aspect that I've, I've ever really, like, called a dude out his name, kind of demean him, but I know a lot of people um, who have who have experienced that, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I know a lot of males that have dated females like that before me have dealt with that. And then they come to me and I'm an aggressive girl, like, you know, a tomboy. And they automatically jump to that whole thing. And it's like, wait, I didn't, who hurt you? Cause it wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't do it. Like I'm only here loving and caring for you. And sometimes it can't be seen. Or sometimes it's like the damage is already done. Like no matter how hard she's loving on me or how long, how much she's making me feel like, you know, a man, so to say, um, Mm -hmm. nah, somebody else already hurt me. So it's, it's a done deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so that's why I said, I feel attacked a little bit, kind of, sort of. Yeah. I would, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you now you got it. No, what I was saying is I actually talk about that in my book. I talk about triggers. You know, a lot of times people mm-hmm. have triggers, you know, certain mm-hmm. things that people say or do it that the, the, the damage of that situation imprints in your mind. And, and once it imprints in your mind, you pretty much do whatever you can to not re-experience that situation. Yeah. So if somebody calls you a bitch and you really didn't like it that first time and it really made you feel some type of way, that trauma stores in your memory. It's a certain area of your brain that it stores in your brain. And now anything that comes remotely to that situation is fearful for you. It's it, it's it's dangerous territory. So you try to avoid that as much as possible. And a lot of times avoiding it looks different in different people. Some people avoiding that that trauma, avoiding re-experiencing that trauma to some people, it looks like hostility. To some people, it looks like they withdrawing. To, to another person, it looks like they being overly sensitive. So people respond to the way that they, I mean, so people deal with that trauma in, in much different ways. And it don't always look like what we think dealing with trauma looks like. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, listen, speaking from the, the medical professional himself. That, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Like I, I, um, yeah. Trigger, trigger. We, I actually did an episode like a long time ago on triggers. And, um, a lot of people think it's like for play play or if it's for it's a joke, but it's really not. You can be doing anything and somebody yep. say something or, or you see something or just have some type of flash and it will trigger everything in you and you go back into that state, but mm-hmm. then try to protect yourself from it. And it's just like, oh, it, it's, uh, it's like, I just be like, people, do you know it's real? Do you know mm-hmm. it's so like serious? Like and you never know what somebody's trigger is. You could be saying something you think ain't a big deal. But to them, that's something that's triggering. And mm-hmm. y'all, especially when you're in a relationship, y'all constantly revisiting that trigger. And you might not even know it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I, I even look at it right now, and this was a good question I was going to talk to you guys about, like, the temperature of the country right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time I have to turn my TV off because I cannot devour um, what's going mm-hmm. on. I can't take it in as far as there's a whole election going on. And even that is the most draining thing, um, yes. you know, experiencing as an adult. Because this will be my first time. I'm 28. So this will be like my actual first time really following a whole election and really mm-hmm. like voting, like uh, not just based off like, oh, somebody told me to do this. Like, this is my decision. I'm like, you know, looking at. So it's that on top of the constant, constant injustice that's happening to our people. Mm-hmm. On top of that, Every other day, it's a new video or a new post or a new GoFundMe or something because somebody's been shot or somebody's been suffocated or something in police uh, uh, brutality or in police custody or whatever like that. And then you just see the things that are going on within the black community itself where we battle each other. So mm-hmm. it's just like, what the temp- how is the, and if it is, the temperature of our country amongst our own people, if, if it's affecting you, what, how, how is that going for y'all? It's pretty sad, uh, to be honest. Uh, you know, c- quarantine is one thing, you yeah. know, um, but now dealing with all of this and it's continuing, continuing to happen and just seeing the lack of care on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like, you know, police officers continuing to, to you know, do as they please, it's, it's, it's extremely like disheartening and it can definitely uh, drive you into depression or it could definitely make you want to, you know, be angry if you see somebody, you know, see a white person, for example, yeah. or see the cops, because you feel like, oh, wow, like, y'all just don't get it. Yeah. You know, you don't care about my life. Right. <laughs> and it's like, what, what, what do I do? Like, but, you know, you have to, like, literally, you know, um, like you're saying, you have to, like, really acknowledge those feelings and those triggers. You know, you have to acknowledge those and say, I am angry. I'm depressed right now. I am sad. This makes me feel X, Y, and Z. And you're able to really get those emotions out and get to a place, you know, like, okay, this is how I feel. How can I, you know, make this a better situation for myself? Okay, maybe I need to take a, turn off the TV, you know, for a second. Maybe I needed to delete Instagram or maybe I just need to have a conversation with somebody who is of a different race, you know, to really understand their disposition or stuff, you know. So it's different ways you can do, but you definitely have to acknowledge how you feel mm-hmm. and, and not shy away from that. 
Like that that's the main thing. Like, hey, I'm angry, I'm sad, it makes me upset, I'm pissed yeah. off. You know, but what but I'm not gonna sit in this, but what can I do to make myself feel better? How can I how can I make this feel, how can I make the situation better for myself in this moment? Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's heavy. That's heavy. That yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Because uh, every day we are experiencing trauma. We we we're watching people get murdered. On, on YouTube and Facebook and all that. Well, we're seeing this every day. People that look like us that are getting murdered. And a lot of us have similar experiences. You might not got shot. You might not have got beat up, but you might got harassed. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you might have had a situation with a Karen or two, you know? So we're being re-traumatized every day. And like they were saying, you know, it, it does affect you and, and you do have to figure out ways to make yourself better. I, it, it's anxiety producing for me. You know, when, when I go out and a cop get behind me, I might think it, it, I, th I might think that this might be my last day sometimes. You know what I mean? It could easily go the wrong way in these situations. And, and, and from a mental health perspective, we've got to figure out what we need to do to cope with this trauma. Mm, yes. Mm hmm yeah, a hundred percent. Just thinking back to something that you said earlier in the podcast uh, was like um, to address like when you're not feeling okay. Mm -hmm. But even when you are feeling okay, that there, there, there might be reasons for you to go see a, a mental health professional mm -hmm. or whatever form of mental health practice you would need, just so that you can increase your awareness on mm -hmm. when those times will come. Yeah. So like, I have a lot of friends right now that are brand new to understanding what racism is. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's all colors and that's within the color spectrum. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are some white folks that I know. Those are black folks that I know, Hispanics that I know that are trying to identify like, oh, what racism is. And when the black folks say it, it's just kind of interesting to me. I'm like, I've known you've experienced it, but now your eyes are now being open. And I say that I say all of that to say this, like the temperature that you asked about originally, mm -hmm. it depends on what part of the ocean you're in. <laughs> some people, okay. some people are in the Arctic and they not get, they cold and they gonna stay cold. They gonna be frozen like mm -hmm. ice. Okay. And some people are in the Bahamas and they hot right now. Yeah. And some people are in hell. <laughs> and it's a whole nother level yeah. like it's so serious so serious and and I, I i've met different people in different places from the corporate world to just everyday life and i'm just like okay that's right this person i can talk to but at the same time depending on where what level they on whether they're super radical and they want to burn down their job or they or they are super reserved and they just want to like avoid all of that like i don't want to they're black or they're hispanic or they're asian and they're like or they're white and they're just like i don't want to hear anything dealing with you know because i just don't want to and it's not it's not and they might be practicing racism honestly but they just don't want to deal with it and mm -hmm. for me with my mental health i gotta be i have to be aware of how i address those people and how i how i use my energy because energy is very important to me. So yeah. I can't I can't start investing energy trying to move the mountain when I could just move over here, talk to this person that might be a little lukewarm and move that pebble. That might be easier. I can handle that. But I can't handle the mountain right now. You only can explain what we mean when we say Black Lives Matter so many times, right? Facts. Yes. Yes. Only so many times. Okay. Come through metaphors. Okay. Ah, okay. Like, I'm gonna have to start using them for real, for real. Like, oh God, wow. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I know me. It's amazing to me when I hear people that are of our race talk about, you know, oh, I don't know racism. That that blows my mind because I've experienced it. Um, countless. I went to school in Kentucky, so <laughs> okay. Ooh, <I laughs> that right you. there. <laughs> uh, changed my whole view on a lot of things but um yeah it's like even if you don't ex i think that's the thing that kind of gets me upset because i hear people say I, I i i get it when people outside the race say stuff it's because they're ignorant you don't know you don't live with it you don't experience it cool it hasn't hit home to you 
So you don't understand that. But when I hear people in our own community um, play it off as something like it's something that's not real, right. or y'all always trying to play the race card, or it's not about race, or racism died a long time ago, we just keep bringing it up. It's like, how can racism be gone in this country amongst our people um, if it was built on that? Exactly. If that's literally mm-hmm. the pure existence of what America has been built on was racism and discrimination um, of all people, not even just, I mean, I feel like we got it really bad, um, but it started by coming to this country and taking over from the natives. Like, yep. <laughs> and people seem to forget that. Like, this wasn't uh, white America's country for real. It became that way. They, mm-hmm. they colonized and, and pushed people out that didn't look like them. And now they mad that we were bringing it up because it's like, hey, we're tired of dying. We're tired of burying. We're tired of, of having to fight this fight and not being heard. But yet, y'all think it's just like, whoopty woo, cool, 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 to grab our clothes, to grab our hair, to grab our bodies, uh, to grab our, you know, want to be with our dudes and stuff like that, want to be with our women, stuff like that. But to not appreciate, um, us as human beings, it's kind of, I, I look at it as, it's like, we're experiments. We're a, hmm. a fantasy. Uh, we're, we're something that's like great to be gawked at. But when it comes down to really standing with us and listening to us and actually understanding that we are intelligent people just like everybody else, we're not mm-hmm. animals. We are human beings as well. Um, that's kind of where I get like a little upset and I'd be like, I gotta calm down because I'd be ready to run outside and just punch somebody in the yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think the, the reason why so many people get offended by black people and other people speaking out against racism is because for so long, racism is what America has been. You know, people have ignored our humanity ever since before America even existed. So I think it's such a new concept to a lot of people to hear black people advocate for black people, to hear other people advocate Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. for us to stand up and say that these things that are happening are unacceptable. I think that that's just foreign to a lot of people. And, And in therapy is this concept called homeostasis. And what homeostasis is, is a, a, a person's tendency or a group's tendency to revert back to normality. Mm-hmm. And I think right now our country is going through a period of homeostasis. It's where, where, where we are trying to revert back to normality because we're not used to this new information that's being pushed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 ooh, I, I had a conversation with my grandmother. She's older. She under she said, you know, and this is somebody who like, you know, fought fought during civil rights and all stuff like that. But yeah. it broke my heart to hear her say, um, well, you know, those kids were just home like they were supposed to be. Mm-mm. Or, you know, <laughs> if they would just listen to these police officers and just comply, you know, we wouldn't yeah. have to be reliving this. And I'm just sitting there and I told her, I was like, you know what, like I understand you're coming from a time where y'all were taught to be quiet and just put your head down and just go about your business and just try to survive. But we tired of that. It's not yeah. working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it's, not working anymore. It's time for us to thrive at this point, you know? Like during that time they needed they needed to survive, they needed to keep their head down and stuff. And so like now we're in a state of mind where it's like, you know, we're 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 becoming rebirthed again, you know, we're we're being awakened. 2020, you know, is a year where everything that has been in the dark is definitely coming to the light. And so we have to deal with it. Is growth is it growth isn't pretty at yeah. all. And that's where we're at right now. We're in a very unpretty, ugly stage. But you know, it's all gonna be worth it to the point where we all definitely are able to see each other's differences, are able to feel each other's feelings and be more conscious and aware. You know, we can definitely get to a place where we can, you know, have have as close to uh, balance and harmony as possible yeah <laughs> most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. because i mean man it feels like it feels like the world has literally been turned upside down if it's not one thing it's another so before i get back on topic we're gonna go off topic one more time <laughs> okay i promise we're gonna bring it back but i'm trying to really get a lot of things across because like we have an entire election coming up 
in like it seems like a week <laughs> but I know we have mm. a little bit more time than that but it's so I feel like this election is so important not even just for our not even just for us as a community but for the country in general because we are literally in the pitfall <laughs> of everything like and I all I constantly hear is and it's so disappointing I hear our people well I don't like this person and I don't like that person so I'm just not gonna vote at all mm. and it breaks my heart because my thing is like I know that ancestors of mine, aunts of mine, even my grandmothers and stuff like that fought for the fact that I can't vote. And despite me not being the greatest fan of either candidate, you know, I have questions on, you know, a lot of things on the other side. Um, Cause you know, just Cheetos is just not an option to me. But um, <laughs> my thing is like, I'm not going to sit there and vote for Kanye West just to get another black person into the uh, White House. That's crazy. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I hear people say, well, if I can't do that, or if I can't put my Uncle JoJo on the on the ballot, because I think he should be in the office, then um, I'm not voting at all. What What do y'all think of that? I, I, I got to ask. Okay. I'm going to jump in. Uh, my thoughts are, one, um, there's a couple of there's a couple of people to definitely tap into when thinking of, thinking critically as a black person and understanding like the system of racial white supremacy and stuff like that. Now, before anybody deems me as hotep or too woke or any of that, I just believe that you should uh, definitely read and educate yourself on all things that benefit yourself and the people around you mm -hmm. and apply that knowledge. And I definitely think that you should use every tool available to you to help yourself and the people around you. If voting can help, if voting helps you and the people around you, which it does by moving power and also set and also changing the direction in which people's choices happen whose choices get to happen mm. i think that's something you should do but i also would say there's also educators like neely fuller uh francis quest welsing who teach you that underneath this system you have you have very limited access to any resource or any uh form of power and with that being said you have to find a way to create your own for your own mm -hmm. when um president trump won the last election it made me realize that at the end of the day, I'm on my own. Yeah, I can't mm -hmm. depend on the government. But like I said, I am voting. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe that I have to figure out a way to elevate myself and my family above any circumstance that the government can impact on me. Now, once again, I'm Nigerian, so I'm definitely planning on having some back doors to dip out if I need to. <laughs> hey, but, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, feel free. You know, just get your passport together. We good. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like, I, I definitely want to find other places that help me. And I'm thinking critically on how to do that. But yeah. some people don't have the thought or the open-mindedness to know, like, oh, you can't leave America. Or how do I make America the best for me at the moment? So... Mm. I would say you definitely have to look into first your local elections, the people who are around yeah. you that control, like whether or not you go to jail or get shot. Yes. Second, <laughs> your House representatives, your Senate representatives, because they overall choose the, they could shut the president down in a lot of situations. They impeach him, they take him out of office. So you got to make that choice and they can stay in the government the longest. And then look at your presidential elections. Mm -hmm. And because Although they have the biggest impact on the entire nation, they might not affect you directly for years on years. So just take that thought. That's my little piece. I'm jumping off the podium. No, that's, that's good. That's good. A lot of people don't know, um, you know, and, and, and I, you know, thank you. Because I feel like you called me on the table. Thank you. Because I went straight to the, the big election. But no, seriously, like there's the little elections that have been going on for months like are mm -hmm. are important as well your local government like a lot of people don't realize that it doesn't matter the president has power but it's so it's so 
is so small. <laughs> it's more of the of, of Congress and you know having like all them that 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 really play a big part in a lot of stuff that uh that gets through. You know, it's like the it's a face, but there's so many other little hands. I literally thought about like when you said this election is so important. I literally thought about. 2016 when they were saying the same thing and then I thought about like while I was driving from New York to DC this weekend I was like I saw a little bumper sticker that said but did you die and I was like you know Trump here and all but I'm not dead you know COVID's here and stuff but I'm not dead and overall like my first thought my life's in my hands so I'm gonna just keep that action but definitely we ain't dead though yeah we not (laughs) That we not, and and that's even more reason to like, like it was said to 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 pay attention to what's going on, make a decision based off what's helpful for you, but just don't say, because my whole thing is like, don't not vote and then complain later when um in y'all state this ain't been passed or that's not hasn't been passed like that, like that's my 100%. like people get mad about the little things that happen and like, well that's stupid that that law didn't get passed. Well, hey, you had the opportunity in your state to vote on it, and you didn't. So, mm-hmm. what are you doing with your life, sir, ma'am? But anyway, off that soapbox, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> uh, y'all, y'all giving a lot of perspective. I'm like, shush. Okay, I like this. Uh, I should have had y'all on a long time ago, but it's okay. I got y'all now. Uh, the final question I really want to end with, um, just circling back to mental health and um why is it important like what makes it so crucial and and why now i feel like because like your your life is important you know your your sanity is important it's one thing that you know as african americans we, we we haven't talked about you know in past generations and we've seen you know what has happened we we've seen you know generational trauma occur we've seen people following into a cycle of things um it's kind of also nutrition as well but you know we, we definitely seen like okay we we have why are we in the same situation because like our parents 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 were in the same situation they haven't dealt with it and i think if we want to re- reverse how things were in the past it's up to us our generation to actually deal with it um yes it's a it's a it's a, it's a heavy task like i said growth ain't growth ain't, ain't pretty mm-hmm. but you know it's important for us to change that right now so our future generations are, are, are going to be able to, you know, let's say great uh, generational wealth when it comes to your mental health, when it comes to just physical things, tangible stuff. But you're able just to get to a point where you're, you're thinking about yourself and also your future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Big facts. Uh, I, I, my two cents on it, I think mental health is important because it's the basis of our lives. You know, every single thing that you do in life is based on your mental health. You know, all the decisions that you make is based on your mental health. All all the people that you tend to associate yourself with in a roundabout way is based on your mental health. Your performance at work is based on your mental health. And I'm not just talking about anxiety and depression and PTSD. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about just the general way that you feel day to day is mental health. So I think that to get in positive mental health, if you will, is very important because if you don't, you're going to fall apart in so many other areas of your life. If your your, your self-esteem ain't together, you're going to make a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. If your triggers ain't together, you're going to make a lot of bad decisions and do a lot of erratic things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so at the end of the day, I think mental health is very important. Even if you don't have a specific diagnosis like a bipolar or a depression or whatever, it's just good to to talk to someone, not even necessarily a therapist, preferably a therapist, mm-hmm. but talk to someone about what you're going through. Open up, let that shield down. Because when you let mm-hmm. the shield down, you expose yourself to people who are like-minded. You know, no, can nobody help you if you ain't telling nobody what you're going through. And you'd be surprised 100%. how many people going through some of the same stuff you're going through, but there ain't nobody talking about it because we all afraid of being vulnerable. We all afraid of somebody looking at you like, man, what? You you, you did that? You think that? You know, we afraid of that. But the truth of the matter is a lot of people think that and do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. 100%. Yeah. Woo. I just want to add one thing, too. 
Uh, and it's, it, mental health is important to me because I want me and the people around me to be able to live freely and in peace. But um, I also want to kind of talk about my step to mental health. Because before meeting, before meeting and working on Dead to Silence with Anthony, it was important to me, mm-hmm. but I really didn't realize. So after following a cause, then I went into creating action. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm doing a mental health uh, nonprofit. We're focusing on mental health, and I do. I've always believed in it, but I don't have a counselor of my own. Not saying that you need a counselor, but just like. Uh, Aaron said like preferably <laughs> like yeah and um I found out of a podcast called uh Unicorn's Couch on mm. on on it was a podcast of all men in the mental health field and mm. they were just talking through mental health from there I listened to the entire podcast series and then I got me a uh, then I, I got me a therapist now I've had two therapists prior but it just didn't work out just for any brothers listening therapists can be like barbers mm-hmm. if you go to the wrong one you're gonna be bad but if you go to the right <laughs> one you're gonna be crispy okay <laughs> yeah i like that i like that one thousand percent but 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 that's just the level that's just the level and then once i started with my therapist it helped me have other conversations in my life that and also within the mental health field it helped me have other conversations in my life that helped me become the example i wanted to see so when you talk about representation you can be that that's all i had to say absolutely oh that's perfect like i'm i'm over here like y'all really trying to make me cry and like I'm trying not to because I've gone like half the season not tearing up. But no, like I, I, I love that because not only why is it important to you, but what's some steps? Like I just got myself back into therapy because I was like, "Ooh, girl, you're not done yet," and I keep trying to push that. Like it's it's a journey itself. Like you know, even if I have good days, I'll still talk to my therapist because I want to still work through everything. You know, my good, my bad, mm-hmm. and my indifferent, and um. Yep. I greatly, greatly, God, yep, hold on, let me pull them back. Whew. I greatly appreciate you guys um, coming on, being so candid, um, talking, um, responding, um, doing the work, you know, and being so passionate about it. Like I said, there are some others out there who are like myself that probably can't, you know, probably don't feel comfortable saying, like, that's me or, you know, whatever like that, but on behalf of all them, I say thank you. Like, I, I look at, I work in high schools, I work with kids, I do emotional work with kids now in high school, and I see so many of them just like, you know, doing, they're struggling, but they're doing better off just because the help is there now. Whereas I know so many of us before, if we could have just had that help, we could have just known some more, some more, if we could have just like had somebody be like, hey, you know, it's okay to feel. You know, it, it, a lot of uh-huh. us would have been better off and had to, we would have avoided a lot of things that we had to endure in life. But, you know, we, we, we take these things in stride and we take it to contribute to our story. That way we can be a help to someone else. And, you know, with this month being um, such a crucial month, it's it, it also suicide yep. um, prevention awareness month as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of, like you said, the younger kids, like I said, I work with them. I see them all the time they are struggling and um, they are like going through it and they're being told all these things. And just to know that there are men out there standing on platforms saying, no, you matter, your health matters, your mental health matters. And we're here to help um, greatly fills my heart. And, and um, I don't know any better way to bring in the anniversary of this, this show, this movement, um, but to have all of you on here and, and to bring such great, um, food for thought to it. So I, I thank you all greatly, um, and and for giving your time. Like I, I'm so thankful and so grateful <laughs> to each of you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I have nothing. Do any of you guys have any parting words? I, I have literally nothing else. I'm so overwhelmed <laughs> with happiness. <right? laughs> no, I just want to say thank you for just reaching out to us. Um, just for me, just this time, you know, it's been, it's, been, it's hard to be, it's hard to be motivated to, to continue doing the things that you've done. Yeah. Cause like everything has just been shut down. So, 
I'm happy and thrilled that people, you know, that are like, that are like-minded that are in the wellness space are still able to like, let's still talk, let's still do this, let's do a podcast, let's do virtual because mm-hmm. people are still helping, help, helping me and it's helping other people as well. So I just thank you for continuing to, to do the work, you know, and motivate everybody around you. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll say you guys, all of you guys, what, what you're doing, your platform has actually encouraged me to step my cookies up from the fans. Um, and uh <laughs> and Kurt, you guys have um like I was the first time I I really saw Dead to Silence was when I was taking uh Yvonne's um dance course and I got to talk to her and then I started following you guys and it was just like, Oh, yes, I like this. We need this on the West Coast. I'm going to do that. Like I'm just I'm gonna <laughs> it's gonna still be the podcast, but it's gonna break down to other things, you know. That was just motivating to see that and then to hear the reasoning behind it. It's so powerful, and, and it's like, oh, okay, yes. And then, uh, and see your book, and and to read your book, and and to know that you had sent it to me before, and I just didn't pay attention. I'm so sorry about that, but now I did, and it's like, oh my god, yes, yes, yes. I need that. Like, I need to uh, dive into this more, and we need to have a whole dissecting uh, party. So I'm gonna hit you up again yes. because yes, we're gonna have to, yeah, dissect the whole thing. But like, no, like you guys are are inspirational and. And I get it about being motivated. Like I, I, I've said to people, this has been the hardest year. Um, I think I was two months in and I was ready to be like, okay, I'm done with this podcast thing. This is too much work. Doing it by myself. It's stressful. And then I went back to school and then COVID happened. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Trying her for real. Okay. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't think I can do this. But it's been the inspiration of other people, um, the motivating of other people, Seeing you guys and interacting with each of you on social media um, that's really pushed. So in a way you guys kind of contribute to us making it to a year. <laughs> hey. so, yes, thank you so much. And I know this is not going to be the last time um, for certain, but um, I wish everybody the best in their endeavors. Like absolutely best. And, and not even just in your endeavors, in your own personal lives and at home. In, in case nobody told y'all that. I wish y'all all the best and home and peace and love and all that stuff. I love that. I do have one more thing to add. Yes, um, please. So something that can definitely help with people and also your your students. We that decided we created a documentary uh, two years ago. We released it earlier this year, mm-hmm. and it's about uh, it's really it's, uh, it's six six millennials coming together talking about their own struggles when it comes to their own personal journey with mental health and how they were able to get to a point where they're developing self-love and healing. So different stories from anxiety to dealing with own personal traumas and approval and adversity and stuff. So you can find that documentary on our website at www.deadtosilence.com. Y'all hear that right? Okay. Yeah, and I also wanted to uh, plug the book one more time. Yeah, it's Black Mental Health Matters, the ultimate guide for mental health awareness in a black community. You can find it anywhere online. You can go on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you want to look, you will find it. Just type in Aaron Snyder or type in Black Mental Health Matters. Uh, and if it's okay with you, I would like to uh, just read a little passage, just about a paragraph, okay? A, a, do. a chapter that I think is very important for a lot of people to hear. Yes, please do. It's, called, it's on fault versus responsibility. I had, I had a client that I was talking to not too long ago, and I was explaining to him that things in your life isn't always your fault. Like the things that go wrong, it ain't always your fault, but it's your responsibility to fix those things. So here's what I wrote about fault versus responsibility. In life, bad things happen. If they haven't already, they will. No one makes it through this thing called life unscathed. I didn't bring this up to be negative, but to remind you that bad things will happen. You'll be fired from jobs, be cheated on, and folks will make fun of your worst insecurities. All of these things will make you feel like shit, I promise. But it's your responsibility to repair the emotional wounds that these situations cause. Yes, you read that right. It's your responsibility to resolve all adversities that come your way. Most of the time, we confuse fault with responsibility. The things that happen to us aren't always our fault. It could be you were born handicapped. That for sure isn't your fault. 
or your dad might have been a violent alcoholic that abused you as a kid. Perhaps you were poor and didn't get the same opportunities as other people you grew up with. Maybe your husband got another woman pregnant or you had an absent parent. I can name endless scenarios that aren't your fault, but guess what? It's still your responsibility to deal with the situation. Why? Because nobody else is gonna swoop in and save the day. You have to be the one to find the strength to solve your problems. It's your life, so it's your responsibility. It may not be your fault, but it's damn sure your responsibility to figure out what you need to do to make the best out of your life. Jesus, okay. Okay, <laughs> listen. I and listen, y'all. That's from his book. Is I'm looking at it right now in front of my face. Okay, I got it, and it's inexpensive. I need y'all, y'all black, because you know y'all black people, you get weird. It's inexpensive, so y'all need to go on cop <laughs> And I don't know any other way but to end on that because that was beautiful enough right there. Um, once again, thank you, gentlemen, so much. You are you. gems to our community, gems on earth. Um, and, and I wish you nothing, nothing but the best. You too. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I'll bring her. And we'll be back. Oh, my goodness, guys. I am just so grateful this episode and so grateful for making it to one year. Um, it's a major accomplishment that I do not downplay that I, uh, I'm probably still in shock about. And Wow. Been a, it's been a year and I'm playing back some of the old episodes. I'm like, Woo! but it's OK because we're only going up from here and making better connections. I want to thank every guest who has ever been on this episode. You are appreciated. I am thankful for you. You have um, contributed to my dream. Um, you have contributed to the community and getting the word out there. I'm so forever grateful. Um, we're not we're, we're going we're going nowhere but up from here. And I know that for be certain. And I'm going to keep pressing forward with getting you guys your content and stuff like that guys please do not forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media at underscore mind yo biz b-i-z-z on all social media platforms um there's also you can also always email us at mentalmindbiz at gmail.com mentalmindbiz at gmail.com love to hear from you guys um almost through with season two uh, so we'll see how this goes and then we'll gear up for season three. Um, so I decided to let some people come on and talk about why mental health is so important. Some gems, you know? Oh. <laughs> I would say mental health is important because it's the foundation of pretty much everything. Um, your brain is like your main wheel. It's your vehicle. So if your mental health is off balance, then your relationships would be off balance. The way you live would be off balance, you know, and the better that you're able to just make healthier thinking habits or just be mindful of the things that you're feeding your brain will actually just change the perspective and just your life in general. I think mental health is important because without it, you can't be wholly healthy. Like, you might have your physical health or your financial health or anything like that, you know, but if you ignore the aspects of the mind or the internal, you can't possibly consider yourself completely healthy. It's like if you had a, a paper cut or a gaping wound in your chest, you're going to address it immediately. So like with anything regarding the mind and, and the mental, if you had that those gaping holes or wounds or traumas, you have to address them. You can't ignore them and just think that they're going to automatically go away and you're going to be fine. You have to, you have to acknowledge and address the levels and layers of your mental health. And that's why it's important because without doing so, you're going to continue hurting, continue bleeding out over and over again until you do. That's why I think it's important. What makes mental health important? Mental health is the engine of our being, which is ultimately the car. It controls so many elements of our existence, whether that be our emotions, it manifests certain physical um, elements in our life. It puts us 
in a mood and a mindset that dictates how we show up to others, it's an engine. It controls several different mechanisms that ultimately bring us together as a whole individual. And if it matters to you how you show up in the world as an authentic being, you want to make sure that you manage and maintain your mental health. As a spiritual being, it is the motivation and mood for who I am. Is it important? Definitely. Thank you all. Thank you all for your continued support in this one year. We got plenty more to go. Remember, be kind to yourself. Love you. Spread love and protect your magic. Bye.